0: called, It Is Finished. And we went through a lot of stuff, not everything. We went through a lot to explain what Jesus did, what It It Is Finished meant, and how because of what he did, we we are a new creation. We are new creatures in him, and that he has given each and every one of us the opportunity to walk in new creation life. And so I really thought today, I really thought today that we would go into the day of Pentecost and what that meant and the coming of the Holy Spirit and that at that moment, new creation life was given to every believer in Christ. ...and how we walk in that. And I really thought that's what we were going to do. So I'm going to ask you to bear with me today... ...because... ...you know, the Lord said to me... ...there are are all different walks in this room. And there's still some foundation that needs to be laid. Okay? So we're going to go back... ...and we're going to lay some foundation... So if you think you already know it, first of all, I'm just going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> and I'm going to say that in love. Because anyone, myself included, anyone who thinks they know everything about the word is just point blank period wrong. Okay? So if this is all way too simple for you and you think you got it all, well, just change your mind right now. Okay? Okay? Because anytime we can hear the word, we can be blessed with new revelation because of the Holy Spirit. All right? So I'm going to go to Romans 6, 16 through 23. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. So, here's the deal. We either allow sin, or we allow righteousness to be our master. Now, Jesus came to give us righteousness. And if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, You have been made the righteousness of God through Christ. You have been made it. But we have things that we have to do in our lives to walk it out, don't we? Don't we? He opened it up, He made it so. But we're going to choose. Everyone has to choose whether they're going to serve sin or whether they're going to serve Jesus Christ. Whether they're going to serve sin or whether they're going to walk in the righteousness that's been given you. There's, there's no gray. There is no gray. The minute you start thinking gray, you're in trouble. That's compromise. Okay? It's either God's way or it's not God's way one or the other. You see, we're either for God or we're against God. We either listen to the word and do the word or we don't. The nice thing about it, the beautiful thing about it is that God is always for us. He is always for us. He always loves us. He always wants what is good for us. And he's given it to us in the word. It's very simple. It's a very simple little road map. We can just like follow it. Okay? So, verse 17. But thanks be to God, though you used to be slaves to sin, okay, that's before you're born again. That's before you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You used to be slaves to sin. You have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. What is that pattern of teaching? It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have the gospel as our pattern of teaching, and we, come, we, we give our allegiance to that. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Now, that term, slaves, you know, what happens when you hear that term, slave, your carnal flesh is like, yuck. I'm not a slave to anything. You don't want to hear it. Your carnal flesh doesn't even want to hear the word obedience. Right? But when you're slaves to righteousness, You're under the blessing of the Lord. So when we are obedient to Christ, his blessing, his protection, his rest, his joy chase us down. We're going to get to that later. So now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. Leading to holiness. The very character of God in our lives the very character of God in our lives. When we do that, the goodness of God floods our life. The goodness of God, his way of life, his blessing cover us. Our character becomes ever transformed more and more into his character. Okay, when you're born again, the very nature of God comes to dwell in your spirit. But then we walk that out. We make choices toward his character or toward darkness, right? And we are being ever transformed into his character. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. But see, the control of righteousness is a good control. It's direction. Okay? Discipline. It's the loving hand of the Father. See, when we hear that word control, we think, yuck. You know, but it's control into the freedom of the blessing of God. That's what it is. It is is a control that chases and rebukes the devil and allows the blessing of the Lord. It is a control, a love. It's the love of God. It's his righteousness. Okay? Okay? What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? There's not a single person in this room that hasn't done something that they're ashamed of. You've all done something you're ashamed of. Good news, God's not ashamed of you. You got that? Very good news, God is not ashamed of you. Shame is a tool of the devil. Okay? And, but... The thing is, we've all done things that we are ashamed of, and it's what it's saying here is that's when we made a choice to walk into darkness. That's when we made a choice to walk into sin. That's when we made a choice to walk away from the Word. The Word is life. The Word is the goodness of God. The Word is the glory of God manifesting in our life when we choose to follow the Word. Okay? And so, we've all done things that we've been ashamed of. Hallelujah we have a Redeemer who purchased us with his blood. Okay? Those things, it says, result in death. Those things, those choices, those moves into darkness, they result in death. Now that may not be physical death, but you know what? Sometimes it is. Sometimes a bad choice leads to physical death. But we do have someone who has destroyed the curse of sin But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, that's every born-again believer, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, so this is really the point that I believe the Lord is wanting me to distinguish today. And especially, I think, for people who are new in their walk with Christ. Because why does the scripture tell us, which we've studied now for, what, the last eight or nine weeks, that Jesus destroyed the curse of sin in our lives, right? He conquered it. He conquered, he destroyed the curse of sin. So why does it say that, but then it tells us the wages of sin is death, right? So we're going to go into that a little bit. So what's the curse? We've got to first delineate what is the curse of sin. The curse of sin is basically eternal damnation. That's the curse of sin. The curse of sin is leaving is living ever apart from God, being out of his presence, going to Hades, suffering, darkness, doom, destruction for eternity. Rather than eternal life with God, it's eternal death with Satan. That's the curse of sin. That's what that's talking about. But does that mean that when we have been set free from the curse of sin, that when we sin after we're born again, that we're not going to suffer consequences? No, see, that's where, it doesn't mean that. When we sin, when, when people sin, nobody here in RCC, right? But when people make a choice into darkness, when people make a choice against the word, when people make a choice into sin, pain, pain comes. And we know that we serve a good good father because that pain comes. Because if pain didn't come, we would still we would probably continue on in that direction. And that would not be a loving father that allows us to do that. There that would not be a loving father that didn't show us that there was some consequence to walking away from His loving kind word The goodness of his word So what is sin? Sin is just that Sin is walking away from the word Getting out of fellowship with Christ Disobeying the word Okay? That's what sin is So to avoid sin and walk in the blessing of God We must walk According to this word And let me tell you what When you walk according to this word Blessing will chase you down It is a guarantee. No ifs, ands, or buts. A guarantee. So, in Christ, Christ is the living word. This is the word. This is Christ revealed. In Christ, there is light only. There is life only. There is no darkness. There is no defeat. There is safety, there is rest, there is joy, there is peace. Go to Galatians 5.22 and read that. 22 and 23, it'll give you the fruit of the Spirit. So when we follow Christ, when we follow the written word, when we follow the living word, we walk in the blessing of God. But here's the key to this, saints. We must die to self. We must die to carnality. We must die to thinking that worldly pleasures are what it's all about. Okay? So, I thought of this, so I don't know if this will make sense. Okay, see this umbrella here? Let's say this is God's word. Okay, This is God's word. It would really be all around me, okay? God's word is his protection in my life. All around me. All around me, above, below, in front. By the way, you know they don't ever know what I'm preaching. See, we have a, we have a worship team that knows how to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I don't tell them what I'm preaching because they have to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. Just like we do, Right? So this is God's protection on my life. And all the hail and the sleet and the ice storms and, and whatever, whatever elements in the earth can come against me, I'm just a happy little camper right here. I'm just walking under the protection of God because I'm doing the word. I find the word and I apply it to something in my life. But see, I have this choice. It's a foolish choice, but I can disobey the word and I can come out here under the elements and get hit and I can get hit hard, okay? And we used to give this little other picture to our kids when they were growing up, in case this one doesn't register with you. But this other little picture, it's like, you know, God talks about his hedge of protection around us, right? So he's got this wall of protection. His word is a wall of protection around you. It is all His goodness, all His joy, all His rest around you. It's a garrison, it's a fortress around you. And when we walk, and it it might just start in a little way, just a little tiny small compromise. And every time we make a choice against the word and we say, oh, well, just a little bit, maybe just one time won't hurt, well, we've got another thing coming. Every time we do that We are taking a sledgehammer And we are Knocking out a brick in the wall And what happens When we knock that brick out in the wall It opens up the fortress It makes an opening It makes a hole in the wall And what happens then The wolves get in The wolves get in They can get in But you see that was our choice And the silly thing about our human brains, that's why the the Lord tells us to renew our minds with the word, the silly thing is, is a lot of times when that happens, we start blaming God instead of looking at the choices that we've made. Now the nice thing is, can God redeem our choices? Yeah, because it says when we return to him, he returns to us. You see, he's never the one that walks away. Never. Never, ever, ever. And no matter what way you walk, the Holy Spirit is talking to you at all times. Isaiah 31, probably, I believe, says that he will be a voice speaking to you, telling you which way to turn, saying, to go to the, whether you turn to the left or to the right, you will hear his voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's his word. And he gives us revelation of his word through the Holy Spirit. Ephesians four seventeen. Let me just say one other thing, though. When we make those little compromises, do you know what that really does to us? When we make a compromise and we say, Well, okay, just this one time it won't matter. You know, I'm I'm intelligent, I'm I'm in control, I can handle it, I can just do this, and you see that dulls our hearing. It dulls our ability to really hear from God because we take a step and then we take another step. It's not that He's not talking to us, it's that we're not listening. And when we do that and we continue to make those steps, it hardens our heart. That hardens our heart and we don't want to do that. We want to keep the heart of flesh. You know what I'm saying? We want to keep a sensitive heart. And the more we step over into darkness, the more we step over into choices against the word, the more it hardens our heart. And we, we want our heart to ever be soft before the Lord. Go on back to the Beatitudes. Read all those. You know, we studied all that Those are the things that we strive after in our our walk. Anyway, Ephesians 4 17. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. That's pretty strong language. Insist on it in the Lord. He's not saying this is a suggestion, this is not a suggestion. Insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. See, that's unregenerated thinking. That's unrenewed thinking. Thinking that has not been washed by God's word. They are darkened in their understanding. That's a foundational darkness. They are darkened in their understanding and alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. See, we don't want to get there. We don't want to get there, and we don't have to get there, because God has already provided a way of life and light and love and blessing. We are under an open heaven, saints. You are not under a God who's keeping things from you. He's for you. He's never against you. He loves you at all times, regardless of any choice you ever make. He is a loving, loving Father. And when you make a mistake and shame comes knocking at your door, just say, leave me alone. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus, and then turn around. Turn around. Having lost all sense of shame... Because sin, sin dulls our conscience, doesn't it? That's what we were just talking about. So it, it dulls your conscience. They have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity and a craving for more. See that, that one little step into compromise? Which makes you want to walk a little further. Yeah, well, don't do that. <laughs> But this is not the way you came to know Christ. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him. Beloved, if you have been taught in the Lord Jesus Christ, you count it as gold. You count it as gold. You count it as all preciousness in your life. If you have been taught in the word of the Lord, give thanks. Give thanks. This is not the way you came to know Christ. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in keeping with the truth that is in Jesus. See, we stay attached to Jesus. We keep our eyes on Jesus. We stay attached to the vine. He is the vine. In keeping with the truth that is in Jesus, to put off the former way of life, your old self, Which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. That's the new self in Christ. Recreated, brand new, in Christ. Created to be like God. That's you. Created to be like God. That's you. That's the born-again believer. Like God. In true righteousness and holiness. Wow. That's your promise. True righteousness and holiness. The very character of God manifested in every area of your life. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But you know, it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. We have a job to do. hate to put it to you guys. You know, he did everything that needed to be done so that we could have access. Now we've got some work to do. Whether you want to hear that or not, you know, a preacher can get up here and tell you, go ahead, do whatever you want, and you're going to be blessed, and that's a lie from the pit of hell, and you ought to be thankful for a preacher who can say, God loves you no matter what you do, but we have got to walk according to the word. (laughs) Nobody wants to hear that anymore, but it's going to save your soul. Not only will it save your soul, it is going to give you overcoming life here in this earth. You are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves you. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. That's your victory. That's your destiny. That's your identity. That's who you are. But we have choices to make. If God rewarded us for sin, he would be responsible for our death. He cannot reward sin. He cannot reward us walking away from the word or counter to the word. He can't. He wouldn't love you if he did that. He would be leading you right back into death, which is what he pulled you out of. Hebrews 12:14 through 13. In your struggle. See, he knows this is going to be a struggle. You know, there are so many faith preachers. Now, I'm not condemning. I'm a faith preacher. I'm not condemning faith preachers. But they don't want you to talk about the struggle. He says right here, in your struggle. He has scripture that says, in your weakness, he's going to be made strong. Well, if you didn't have a weakness, you wouldn't have to turn to him. Okay? So don't believe... Don't believe that it's wrong to get godly counsel when you have a struggle. He says right here you're going to have a struggle. Just because you talk, now you've got to know who to talk to. You've got to talk to word-filled, spirit-filled, Bible-knowing, someone who's brave enough to give you the word when you're walking away and isn't going to just say it's Okay you got to know somebody of courage in the word. And no matter how much you hate that person, when, you're giving them, when they're giving you a word that might bring conviction by the Holy Spirit to your life, you better thank God for them. Because it's not them condemning you, it is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was given to us to warn us and to help us, and to get us to take our hands off the fire. Have you ever been in that situation? Okay, here, that's another example. Let's say, okay, let's say this burner, this burner on this stove, and it's got, you know, the flame coming out of it. That's the devil, okay? That's bad, that's hot. And you you know you're not the one that turned it on but the devil knows how to talk to you. And so you you're walking by and you know you're not paying any attention and you you lean over and you set your hand on the fire. Woo! Ouch. Satan loves to surprise you. He loves to come in like a sheep in wolf's clothing. And what if God didn't make you, didn't allow you, not make you, it's your choice to put your hand on the fire, but what if he did not allow you to feel pain at that point? You'd burn up. You'd burn up. So thank God when pain comes as a result of us walking away from the word. And then we have people in our lives that will say, that's hot, that's fire. That's hot, that's fire. Get away. Thank God for those people. Thank God for those people. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood like Jesus did. And you have completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as the Father addresses his Son. Don't you want to be a son and a daughter of the Father? Well, when you're a believer, you are. When you're in Christ Jesus, you are. You're his son, you're his daughter. My son, and this is his word of encouragement to you, my son or daughter, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Beloved, don't, don't lose heart. He's not condemning you. He's trying to lift you up out of the muck and the mire and the destruction that he sees coming in your life. He's a lifter of your head. He's the lifter. He's the lifter of your head. Don't blame him. When he rebukes you, just turn around and run back to the Father because his heart is so for you. You are precious in his sight. He's holding you in the palm of his hand. He wants only goodness for you. He doesn't con- There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't allow the sat- Satan to come and condemn you. Return to the love and know the love of the Father for you no matter what. You are not too far gone. You have not made too many mistakes. You haven't messed this up way too royally. Those are words of the devil, not words of a father. There's nothing you've done that is unforgivable in his sight. There's nothing that you've done too bad that you are unworthy of his goodness. Right? We have a tender-hearted father, a merciful father. A father that is filled with loving kindness toward us. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as a son or daughter. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons or daughters. Moreover, We have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit in the father of our spirits and live? How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? You see, he disciplines us to bring life. He disciplines us to renew us back into the understanding that he loves us. Okay. They disciplined us for a while as they thought was best, but God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in his holiness. He disciplines you for good, and what's the end result? The end result is that you share in his holiness, the very character of God in you. Wow! The very image of God. You think that's going to bring joy in your life? Is that going to bring rest? (coughs) Is that going to bring peace? (coughs) Absolutely. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. We already talked about why it should be painful. (coughs) Later on, however... It produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. You must allow yourself to be trained by the word in the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Sorry. You see, his proof, his discipline is proof that he loves us, that he cares about us, that he wants what's good for us. And it says here, I love it, I never, until I studied this, I really never thought about what this verse was really saying. And he revealed it to me this week. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. It says, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Okay, when you're struggling, when you have a weakness, Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled but rather healed. What is a person who's walking in sin and darkness? They are lame. They are lame. He's offering healing here. He's saying, what do we do to end the disability? What do we do to end the lameness in our lives that sin has brought? It's a choice we have. He says to us, make level paths for your feet. You do it. Make level paths for your feet. And it says, rather, but rather healed. See, when we make the word choice, we're creating a level path for our feet. And it brings healing. It brings healing. Thank you, Lord. And it's our choice. It's, it's something we need to do. It turns us away from sin and turns us back to God and the love that he has for us. And he sets us on level ground when we choose his word. His word is level ground. It makes the high places low and it makes the crooked places straight. That's what his word does for us. And he will help us. He will help us find the straight path. You know, I used to, I used to really, really dislike that verse in, in Matthew seven, thirteen. It says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Oh, that bothered me, bothered me so much as a young person growing up. I'm like, God, how am I going to get through that narrow gate? What am I going to do? You know, are you going to tell me? Are you going to show me? How? How am I going to? He just gives us His word. (laughs) We got it. We got it. We got the word of life right here. It's so simple, so very simple. Thank you, Jesus. In 2 Timothy 3.16, he says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Thank you, Lord. See? That's my way through the narrow gate. Hallelujah. All Scripture gives us what we need. It's the word, and the word only applied. Don't think you can just be hearers only. Oh yeah, I know that, okay, okay. You know, I know the word, so I'm protected. No, 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 excuse me, let's do it. Let's do it. And if you're having a hard time doing it, get someone who you can be accountable to, who who you know walks the word. Not just someone who, You know, there are a lot of people that know the word. But they'll use it to their advantage to get you to do things, to manipulate. So just because someone knows the word doesn't make them the person you need to be listening to. It says, test the spirits. James 1, 22 through 25. Do not merely... Listen to the word, and so deceive yourself. That's what I was just talking about. Just because you're listening to the word doesn't mean you're doing it. So don't deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at, the fa- at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets. What he looks like. But whoever looks intently, do you see that word? Intently. Whoever works intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, what law did we talk about? That is a law of righteousness. Whoever looks intently, into the law that gives freedom and continues in it. Not forgetting what they have heard. Not forgetting. Not just pushing it aside and saying, oh, yeah, but, you know, that doesn't really apply to me. I can do what I want in this case. It'll be okay. I'm smart enough. I am smart enough. I know how to get back on track. Well, you've already been deceived. At that point, you, you're thinking that? You are already deceived, brother or sister. You must set your face like flint and stick to what the word says. Not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed what they do the blessing of the Lord accompanies the word at all times 100% it never returns void his word is a word of blessing for you it is protection it is rest it is joy it is peace it is the goodness of the father it is the glory of God Everyone's talking about, I want to see the glory of God. I want to see the glory of God. Well, do the word. Don't come to your preacher and say, I want to see the glory of God manifested. Well, if you want to see the glory of God manifested in your life, do the word. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I love you so much. I don't know what came over me there, but anyway, I love you, and it's still true. (laughs) Okay, but we were talking about, you know, the law of righteousness. Okay, what's the key to that law of righteousness? You are the righteousness given, 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 Not something you're waiting for. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Big, big important deal there. In Christ. In the vine. You're going to be just like Him if you stay in the vine, if you abide in Him, if you look to Him. In Christ, in the Word, the living Word. qualification we don't like those do we we should like them because it's what brings the blessing you see like we talked about before Christ came to do the will of the father he said not my will but his but yours God so as long as I keep my eyes on him as long as I'm deciding in my heart I'm going to do his will no matter what I am going to be the righteousness of God in Christ you see that His goodness is going to come and, like, overtake me. His blessing will chase me down. There's one little key. I need to die to self. One little key. I'm going to die to self. (laughs) Does any of us do that perfectly? No. God doesn't require perfection. He doesn't require perfection. He requires. He looks on the heart. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 28, 1. Now if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God and are careful to follow all his commands, we have the command of love. I am giving you today the Lord under the New Testament. I'm not going to go into all that right now. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings will come upon you. And in the Berean and in several other ones, not in the NIV, it says they will overtake you. They will overtake you. He has overtaking, all-consuming blessing for you as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus and do the word. They will overtake you. Go read Deuteronomy 28 and see all those blessings. Going out, coming in. He will bless all the work of your hands. He will be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, above only and not beneath. He will bless all that you set your hands to. He will bless your storehouses. He will bless your barns. He will bless the fruit of of your womb and the, the crops of your ground. All of it. There's nothing that's not covered there. Ephesians 5. If any of you get this today, and I know you all will, everyone sitting in this room is going to get this, because this is the scripture that started this whole thought process this week. You were once darkness. It doesn't say you were walking in darkness. It doesn't say you were partaking in darkness. What does that scripture say? It says you were darkness. You were darkness. Before you came to know Christ. That's a scary, scary place to be. And yet, when we were darkness, he gave us a saving light, a way out. He brought laborers into our path, he showed us the word, he enlightened our hearts, and he brought us into the kingdom of his dear Son. And if you're not in the kingdom of his dear son if you haven't believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior I'm going to pray with you afterwards so that you can become the light but anyway it says here you were once darkness but now you are light in the Lord Do you see what he's done for you Do you see the transformation? Do you see the glory? Do you see the goodness? Do you see the love of the Father for you? There is nothing you can do that is so dark that he hasn't provided this for you. Thank you, Jesus. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, all righteousness, and truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. Do all all things as unto the Lord, Colossians 3.23. Find out what pleases them. It's real easy, real simple. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. The Word brings everything to light. The Word exposes all darkness. The Holy Spirit is always talking to you. The Holy Spirit will give you warning. Do not defy the warning of the Holy Spirit. That warning will come from people. That warning will come from the Word. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Do you see the promise that that is in your life? Everything illuminated by the Word, no matter how dark it was, becomes the light of Christ in your life. Do you get this? Do you see his heart for you? Do you understand how much he loves you? Amen. Everything. Do not think this is a doom and gloom sermon today. That promise is amazing. Everything that is illuminated becomes a light. If you have got ashes in your life, God is going to turn them into a flaming fire for the Holy Spirit that you can use to witness to other people. Do not think that those ashes cannot be turned into beauty. Every ash has beauty on the other side of Christ. You know what you do with an ash? (laughs) Gone. The beauty of my Jesus is replacing that ash. (laughs) Gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That's his goal. His goal is not to condemn you. His goal is to shine on you and through you. And to turn every ash into beauty. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. It's our choice, fully our choice, completely our choice. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. They've always been evil. They'll always be evil. But he's given us entrance into the very throne room of God. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. It's right here. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Why does he say that there? There are some people, the first drink of wine they take, and it leads them into an entire road of alcoholism in their lives. Don't be tempted. Young ones, don't be tempted. Why does he say that there? He says, do not drink wine. It leads to debauchery. It dulls your senses. It keeps you from making right decisions. It makes you weak in the brain. It gives you foggy brain. When you're in the middle of foggy brain... The devil can come in and tempt you to do wrong things that you wouldn't otherwise do. He's watching out for you, beloved. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. When you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you. He's always guiding you. The Holy Spirit always confirms Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is always guiding you into God's choices into Christ-likeness. So we're going to either choose to listen and we're going to walk in the blessing of God or we're going to choose to not listen and we're going to walk in the traps, not not anyone here, a person. I'm not going to confess that over you. But if a person chooses not to obey, then they walk into sin and darkness and death and destruction, and depression, and oppression. But that's not what God has for us. So when things happen, because we have chosen a wrong path, or chosen, you know, let's not, let's stop blaming God. Let's stop saying, oh, why did that happen? Let's point the finger right here. I take responsibility, but you know what? God is really ultimately my father, and I'm going to turn back to him, and he's going to help me. He, I am going to walk redeemed. I am going to walk in victory. I am going to walk in the light of Christ. Greater is he who is in me than who, he who is in the world. Ephesians 4. This tells us what happens when our faith remains in Jesus, and when we grow in the knowledge of him. Ephesians 4.11 Ephesians 4.11 And it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to equip the saints for works of ministry and to build up the body of Christ. Why does he tell you to be somewhere where you have apostles and pastors and teachers? It is to build you up in the knowledge of God. So if you don't like what your pastor's saying, but it's according to the word, then give thanks anyway. Because he gives us teachers and pastors to build us up, to perfect us into the fullness of Christ. That's why he says, do not forsake the assembling. If you have a job and it's keeping you out of church, fix the job. If you're thinking about moving somewhere and you haven't found your church first, then don't move there. It's not the place for you. to equip the saints for the works of ministry and to build the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith, that's faith in Christ, and in the knowledge of the Son of God as we mature to the full measure of the stature of Christ. He is maturing all of us, me included. I want to learn something new about Jesus every single day. I want new revelation every single day. Then we will no longer be infants tossed about by the waves and carried around by every wind of teaching. There are a lot of winds of teaching. You don't want to be carried around over here today and over there in left field tomorrow, drowning in the ocean tomorrow by false teaching. Then we will no longer be infants tossed about by the waves and carried around by every wind of teaching and by the clever cunning of men and their deceitful scheming. Wake up. Some people are schemers. Don't fall for every trick of deception. Test the spirits. The scripture says, That God's spirit testifies with our spirit when we are children of God. If you stay in the word, the living word of Christ, you will not be deceived by the devil's tricks. You will be able, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to rebuke the devourer. To rebuke the devil when he comes to knocking at your door. He said, "Uh uh-uh, not today, Satan. Not today. You've met your match because the blood of Jesus is all around me. But it requires us to do something. Be intently in the word, daily learning the word, staying in the word, staying attached to the vine, dying to self when we don't want to, Because the worldly pleasure seems so great. And you know later we're going to be ashamed of it. Because that's how Satan talks to us. Doing what the word says. James 4, 7. Submit. That makes people's flesh crawl. (laughs) Submit. Submit. Submit, 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 submit. I'm just trying, trying to get you used to it. <laughs> I'm trying to break down that like feeling that keeps coming up where the back of your, the hair on the back of your neck starts rising up when you hear that word. Submit, submit, submit. Nobody wants to hear it anymore. It's a good word, it's a blessing word. Submit yourselves then to God, to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You have, we started at the beginning, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And if there comes a time that you do, well then do it. If there comes a time, then do it. Because there is nothing in your life that is worth sacrificing the presence of Jesus. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He will. It's a promise. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's not like he's left. He's always there. It's us that draws away. And all we have to do is turn around and go right back. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Don't tell yourself it's okay, in other words, to have a little bit of the world and a little bit of the word. No, Like we said at the beginning, it's one or the other. It's black or white. There's no gray. Don't tell yourself it's okay to have a little of the world, right? And a little of the word. In any area, in any area of your life. Grieve, mourn, and weep. Turn your laughter into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. He will bring you the victory. Humble yourselves. Your will, Lord, not mine. Your word, your way, your way of doing things in my life. Show me, make it clear. Keep my heart a heart of flesh. And he will exalt you. The blessing of God will overtake you. Hallelujah. Well, so, that's what I think the Lord had us learn together today. So we're going to take communion. And by the way, we can cut everything out there. I know this was maybe a little different youth